Hello and welcome to another roundtable episode on the Auto Archives podcast. This time, guests Anoop and Max join me to discuss a particular movie genre in a particular decade. 80s action movies are notoriously recognisable for their cheesy one-liners, over-the-top explosions and ample amounts of slow motion. On this episode, we discuss what makes a great 80s action movie, the actors that we most associate with them and share our views on some of the standout films from that decade. Thanks for listening and enjoy. guys uh thanks for coming back on for another episode how are we both doing good thanks for having me back yeah very good thank you man good good uh no it's good to have you back so today uh we it's a rather broad topic but we're going to talk about 80s action movies so originally we're going to do a top five on this but it was quite hard to whittle it down uh (laughs) to a top five and also i think we were more than likely going to have pretty much the same, but it was more a, the reason for this one is more to just talk about the whole sort of genre, especially for eighties, because I think it's quite action is obviously a very big genre, popular genre as it is, but eighties action seems to have a special place in people's hearts as just a good cheesy fun. Um, but before we sort of go into that and a bit more details, I just wanted to go around the virtual table and ask what we've been watching uh, movie and TV-wise. So Anoop, I'll start with you first. Anything recently that's um, that you've been watching? Yeah, I've um, well, thanks to recommendations from Max over here, uh, I've been binging Bob's Burgers. <laughs> nice. Good man, is, good man. I'm obsessed with it. So thanks for the recommendation. It's, good man. Um, I think it tops Family Guy easily whoa i see i've not watched yeah. bob's burgers so i'm here i'm intrigued to hear more about it it's um it's basically it's like a um a family that the bob who uh he owns a restaurant and uh he's got three eccentric kids and an eccentric wife and it's 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 just i can't really give it much justice because one of the characters in it uh i've i'm i've just i don't know i just love them so much and that's that's tina max you know yeah who tina is and just this um, awkward awkward teenage girl his daughter she's yeah. just brilliant yeah she's uh she's going through puberty and it's just it's just so funny because she has no charisma whatsoever um yet she's just excited by boys um which uh so, sounds like my childhood whoops what <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, girls girls um, um I... yeah so it's I wanted you to watch it as well because the songs in it are just brilliant. Just like, so Gene, uh, Bob's son, obviously is a musician. He likes to write his own songs, but some of the music they put in and the, the songs that they have just in the show in general are just absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, I, I thought you'd appreciate that as well, but um, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, just I've uh, uh, been watching so much of it. I've been binging so much. Um, and then the other thing I've been watching as well, thanks to, thanks to yet another lockdown, uh, I've been catching up on an anime called One Piece. Um, oh, have you guys yeah. heard about One Piece? I, I have no. heard a lot about One Piece. It's been going for, I think at least the manga has been around for ages, hasn't it? 
Oh, um, if I tell you I'm on episode 985, <laughs> that kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah. Um, so is it so an ironic it's... title because it's one piece, but there's actually many? <laughs> 900 pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's one of my favourite genres of, of anime as well, because it's, um, it's adventure. Um, mm. And I know it, it, it's... Yes, a lot of it is dragged out. I'm not. I'm not going to uh, say that it doesn't. Um, and there's a lot of episodes that you can skip. Um, but it's about a um, protagonist called Monkey D. Luffy, uh, who's well. He's he's loosely based on um, uh, the protagonist in Journey of Journey to the West, uh, which is um, like a uh, an ancient Chinese story. Uh, but uh, anyway, Luffy, he, he is, he's aspiring to be a, a pirate. Uh, One Piece is like a, um, uh, a collection of treasure that's been hidden by a legendary pirate who died. Uh, and it's basically, if you find that, that, that treasure, um, you find the One Piece, uh, you become the king of the pirates. Uh, and it's, it, it may seem a bit childish as well, uh, but it's... I, it's actually not because there's a lot of adult themes in it. Um, it shows people dying. Um, so maybe it's, it, it's probably for like teenagers and older, uh, but the themes in it are, are brilliant. Um, really exciting, just a, a big adventure story. So if you are an anime fan and you've not come around to watching it, it might seem like a big task because you're looking at it and you're thinking, oh, holy crap, there's 900 mm-hmm. episodes for me to kind of catch up on. But um, you're that in lockdown, like- so you have no, no excuse. Sounds- that sounds like anybody who's thinking, I don't, you know what I want to do? I want to start The Simpsons from the beginning. Like, okay. just... <laughs> well, it Worth sounds it. like something if like, it could be your uh, limbo program. You know what I mean? So you, you just finished a TV series or you've watched a few films. You can certainly you can fall back into. Yeah. I imagine they're not that long an episode either. The, the classic 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, it, it, I'd watch it in stages as well. You know, I'd go through phases where I'd, I'd binge like twenty or thirty episodes, and then and then I'll take a break. Because um, if uh, if you watch too many in a row, then you start seeing it in your sleep. Uh, <laughs> start having these weird dreams. Start searching your house for treasure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been my life. Nice, good, nice. I've I've always heard of One Piece. There's a few video games for One Piece as well. I think I keep seeing that. Yeah, I'm not thrown about. I'm not trying them. Um, but nice. Okay, Max, what about yourself? Movies, TVs, TVs? So, uh, <laughs> movies, which we'll talk about, obviously, on this, but I, I ended up watching a lot of 80s, 80s action movies in preparation for this, so that was nice. one of the things I watched, but we'll obviously discuss it more in detail there. Uh, I started re-watching for, I think it might have been, I think this is honestly like the eighth or ninth time, re-watching The American Office, Oh right, yeah. Because right. because because you said you started watching it, uh-huh. I thought, oh, you know, you know what? I'll just I'll put on a random episode, and I was like, okay, back to the start we go. Let's let's honestly, I I I'm I'm worried to hear what your thoughts are on it because I love I just love it absolutely so much. Um, but I've been rewatching that again, and uh, I kept I kept seeing uh, with with it's going on in the government at the moment. I kept seeing people. Uh, tweet clips from uh, the thick of it yes. um so i had to rewatch that as well because it was one of those things where it, it was you know 
it, you see a clip and you go, oh, that's brilliant. Then it, you, the classic YouTube rabbit hole of like, oh, what about this clip? Oh, what about this clip? It's like, you yeah, know, just watch the episode. So I, I, so yeah. I ended up re-watching re the thick of it as well. And it's just, it's absolutely, like, absolutely brilliant. It's one of those things where you don't have to appreciate or be into politics at all. But it just, it, yeah, it's, it's just hilarious. And, it, and, and like reading up about some of the things where like how they are loosely based on real life events and things that have actually happened. And, you know, it just, it's funny, but also scary that these are real things that have happened or do happen within, you know, British politics. But, um, but yeah, absolutely brilliant show. And Malcolm, T Malcolm Tucker, you know, Peter Capaldi, hands down one of the, yeah, hands down one of the best, best characters in any, you know, any comedy show or any, any TV show for that matter. Um, yeah. I love that he's got. I think his mate is also Scottish. He's just as angry as yes. he is. Yeah, but they're like really sweet and pleasant to each other. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so, just it's so there's, funny. There's just you know there's just little bits in it, and you just again it's so quick quick fire with some of the you know some of the jokes and some of the comments as well that you you can't kind of blink and miss it sometimes. But um, but yeah, so I'm I'm on a bit of a a rewatching binge at the moment for um, bits and bobs. Nice. I, mine's a bit of a mixed bag as well. So yeah, one of them is The Office. Although this is my, I'm watching it with the missus and it's our watch over dinner series. Yeah. So, which is going to take us a long time because uh, we tend to watch about one or two a night. Um, I am loving it. Can't lie. Good. Um, okay, good, it's good. Funny. It's funny. It's, it's funny. It, and it, especially the first series because I remember I've watched the first series first time round like what what was that 2003 i want to say it started um mid 2000s perhaps and um i just thought at the time it's you know this is just the uk office set in america yeah, like, it's it not won me over but for what you've told me and what various other people have said as well is that it just comes into its own thing a couple of seasons in so i'm trying to chip away and get to that point um see season Season two up until like middle of season eight is just absolutely brilliant. It's, it is just absolutely amazing. Like if you can get over the hurdle of season one, just get past it and then carry on. But yeah, it's yeah. just, um, it is absolutely brilliant. I'm glad you're enjoying it. No, yeah, it's good. I'm it's glad. a good lighthearted thing considering the amount of uh, bleak stuff I do watch. Um, this ah, is yeah. a good, uh, <laughs> good uh, yeah, change. Um, the other thing, <laughs> moving me straight on to the bleak thing I've watched <laughs> recently um, on Netflix was Night Stalker. Oh, the Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez, yeah. killer 80s four-part four documentary series, which is absolutely terrifying. I did go into, considering I listened to a lot, like um, the last podcast on the left and yeah. those sorts of true crime stuff, I hadn't really come across this one. Uh, enough to know what how it all panned out, which I won't go into it in case you do decide to both watch it. Um, but yeah, absolutely terrifying. Uh, just four episodes, hour each. Um, could not believe. I mean, I guess it shows the, the change in time from a security perspective of what you know, you know what how easy it was to get into people's houses in LA at the time, and I'm sure it's Is it mid eighties. Is it a documentary or a dramatization? Well, it's a docu series. Oh, okay. There's, no, okay. it's not dramatization. It's interviewing the real detectives, the real victims. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they they do do a lot. One thing they do really well, actually, is obviously they so they they've blurred out some of the images of the actual photos taken from the crime scenes, which is 
you know, fill in the blanks, it's still quite terrifying yeah. of what you're seeing. Yeah. But they also do a, um, they kind of get like a, uh, how does it describe it? So imagine the crime scene, but it's it's kind of been CGI'd, not terribly, yeah. but it takes you around the room. Like, so you can't actually see the physical photos. But, but you can imagine what it'd be like, like if you were there. The space kind of, of like, there's the window, and, you know, because your picture only shows you a certain snapshot of whatever. But that is quite, that is quite good. Um, um, to EV Wise, I've started now. I don't know if you've noticed on Netflix, they've got this play something new function now. Have you seen I've this? See, yeah, I've seen they've got the shuffle thing. Yeah, that's that's, that's what yeah. it is. So we said, um, okay, we finished Night Stalker and said, okay, well, let's try it out. And I started watching Lupin. Which is the oh, French? Is that the French? Uh, uh, like, it's like a heist cat burglar uh, series. It's brilliant. It's great fun. I would say if this doesn't sell you, then probably don't bother. But each episode is kind of like a mini Mission Impossible, mm, and I okay. do love a good Mission Impossible. I do love, you know, this is the plan, and then things don't quite go to the plan, and then you know it's slow. It somehow still comes together. I love all that stuff. So it's definitely. Did you, did, watch you as well. did you ever used to watch back in the day as a BBC show called Hustle? Yes. Oh, yeah. Remember that. that. See, yeah, yeah. See, you'd you'd love that then because that was like a group who were like they all had their special skills. Uh, they would like you know pull off jobs, and it was the mm. same thing where it was like this whole plan. They'd spell it out all like quite cool, quite Ocean's Eleven-y, and there was always like a hiccup in the plan that was like, oh no, actually. This has happened, but in the end, they always pull it off and stuff like that. It was yeah. ab- absolutely brilliant. I love it because it's the tension building and suspense. Yeah. I love all that stuff. Uh, movie wise, um, I've watched a few for this episode as well, so we'll come on to those. Um, I'm watching the go slowly getting through the Bond films again, and I'm watching the Coen Brothers films for an upcoming podcast episode as well. But the main thing I'm trying to get through is just everything japanese <laughs> i've just bought so much over christmas period and just after christmas um i kind of diving into the yakuza subgenre at the minute which is something i haven't really watched much of before and mate i tell you what there's some crazy films out there um and they're such good fun i don't know if you've Did heard they... go on. Sorry, I mean, just um, just with the movies that you have seen, actually, do they do they portray it in a in a realistic way? Is it um, do you know like how Goodfellas was was portrayed on on real life events, and it was very realistic? I I think it's a mixed bag. There are some that are even though they're in the sixties, they were filmed in black and white, and it's a very straight film. Like you know, this could happen. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're kind of getting at. But then, so there's one called. Um, uh, there's two actually there's one called Youth of the Beast which is a very straight shooter uh, action, so, action sort of thriller film as well very brutal um, and kind of plays on the other side of the accuser so you're not with the accuser you're kind of against them um, and then you've got something like Tokyo Drifter which is a m- much more artsy cinematic film a lot of colours and bright colours and ridiculous shootouts. And there's even a massive like Western barroom brawl at one point, which is <laughs> brilliant. It's great. Absolutely great fun. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag, really. But um, generally speaking, they're great. There's one I've just finished a quadrilogy called, it's not Yakuza, but it's um, 
It's called Female Prisoner Scorpion. Have you ever heard of those films? <laughs> Female what? Female, Female Prisoner... Prisoner Scorpion. Okay. There's, it's like a quadrilogy and it is a massive inspiration for Kill Bill slash Tarantino. If you watch, I, I, I think Anoop, I sent you the trailer for one of them. Yes, and did. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's the classic, it's very Kill Bill in the sense that it's the female, it, the lead is female and she takes a lot of punishment and she's sent into prison and then it's like a revenge story told through four different films. And some of the, just the kills and the the way they do things, it's just like, I've never seen anything like it. But so, I mean, if it is, if that's sort of your bag, if you like sort of Grindhouse, Grindhouse exploitation sort of films as well, you can seek it out. It's great fun. But um, I'm actually loving all that stuff at the minute. Um, awesome. Anyway, let's go on to why we're actually here. So we're going to talk about 80s action movies. So sort of go around again just of what sort of makes a good or bad action film from the 80s for you and what they you know the, the, maybe the frequent actors that might uh, associate with you you that we associate with 80s action so uh anoop i might start with you then so when you think of 80s action movies who comes to your comes to the forefront first sort of actors and characters wise Oh, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, you've got Arnie, Sly, uh, and my personal favourite is Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. Who, who has good and bad movies. Um, as in, his good movies are also his bad movies as well. Uh, <laughs> probably because he gets his butt out in every single movie that he's in as well. Um, but yeah, those would be the, t- the, the top three for... For me, that would that come to mind straight away. Um, I think they they're pretty good at they they also dominated the nineties as well. Um, but uh, they they would be the ones that would um, you know straight away come up uh, come in mind. Uh, but there's also one more actor, um, and I think you know who I'm going to be who I'm going to mention here that gets overlooked a lot uh, in. Um, in, in particular, this this uh, this genre, um, and uh, he goes by the name of Jackie Chan. Um, so you said it. <laughs> who who I will be probably going, I'll, I'll probably end up talking the rest of the night away about him um, at some point. Uh, and again, you know, if we were to talk nineties as well, you know, I'd bracket, I'd be probably saying the exact same thing. Um, uh, but it's 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 interesting though because he gets. He gets overlooked because I think a lot of people associate him with with comedy yeah. or comedy action, um, but uh, I would firmly put him in there um, as yeah, a as a top guy. Definitely, um, I I agree. I do, I think he does get overlooked. When I was doing some sort of research into eighties action, none of his films get thrown in there. Uh, we'll come uh, on to films and and. Etc. Yeah. In, in a bit later on, but you know, there's sort of the top twenty action uh, films set in uh, filmed in the eight or released in the eighties. His none of his were there. Maybe one, which I think you'll know which one it is, and we're we'll, we're going to talk through that to death. Don't worry. Um, so <laughs> same sort of to Max. So on on top of that, from an actor's perspective, 
what for you when you when I say eighties action, what does, what springs to mind? So it's, you know, say say you know the same big three for me will be uh, you know Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and for me, uh, I always think of Mel Gibson, um, yeah. and that you know because of the because of the lethal weapon films, like I, I rewatch them again because they uh, they're very they're very it's hard to describe. They are a product of when they're made in the sense mm. that one and two are definitely 80s movies. Number three is definitely a 90s movie. And then number four is definitely that kind of late 90s, early thousands. Like they're definitely a product. They're you know, one of those classic things where you've got a, a franchise that goes over several decades. Mm. Like, like Die Hard did as well with one, you know, one and two being that kind of 80s action, then like number three being the 90s, then number four being that like, this is the future, this is the modern day. Like it just, you know, it adapts from time to time. But um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, well, we'll you know, we'll get onto it as well, but there's, there's just so much that I think they did so right back in the day with the action <laughs> films. Yeah. That that get lost along the way, which is quite sad. And it's again, it's a sign of the times, and it's a sign of, um, you know, the the. I suppose the uh, the progression of films and the progression of technology, stuff like that, that you lose some of the the whimsy and the the things that made those films so special. And I think, in a way, how bad they are makes them better, if that makes sense, because it's. It's yep. raw. Yeah. It's more. It's more real. Like it's, you know, when you've got some things like Predator and uh, Terminator, where the the special effects are quite dated, like very dated by today's standards, but it's real. It's 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 a it's a much. I don't know. I, I just I just see it as a kind of a much more. Um, I don't know. A bit more of an engrossing way of making a film, I suppose, because it's someone's hard labor has gone into making that prop and that yeah. costume and that that setting and stuff like that, you know, the explosions, for example, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they're not, C they're not CGI. And if they are, you know, they are. It's a very low... small part of that film. Yeah, isn't it? I think absolutely. we've like, we always think of predator. It's the camouflage bit. Yeah. That is a bit, that's the bit that's dated. You just see his like glowing eyes. That's like, yeah, that's a bit shit. But again, that is a very, that's all few seconds throughout the whole film. You know, you've got the full like setup of predator himself just looks even now looks great okay. um and the same with uh, terminator when you've got i think it's towards the end where he's actually the full sort of like robot skeleton underneath yeah. it just looks a bit crap but again the rest of that and then you look at something like you know i know we're going into the next decade but with um terminator 2 and how that still holds up really well especially with the liquid um you know when he melts down and comes back yeah. into to to be in the terminal or various other people as well. Um, when he turns into the uh, the black and white floor in T two, yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing. Still oh, that holds so up. Good. The um, it's it's uh, it's quite interesting as well when you see that like films that didn't start or franchises that didn't start in the eighties but had a film in the seventies, how different they are in tone as well. So like. If you look at Alien, so mm. that was just that was seventy nine. That's very seventies sci fi. Mm -hmm. Whereas Aliens is that 
it's very 80s in a sense it's got like the um again you go from like this science fictiony space horror in alien yeah and then in aliens you've got the macho marines that are going to come it's in and kill film. the aliens yeah yeah and yeah. it is it's it's an 80s film it, it 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 shifts that tone so massively same with mad max mad max again late 70s dystopian sci-fi film number two you've got big macho villains mm. that you know that rule the road and mad max has to take them down and again it's it's it just ingrains just how much these uh you know these themes and stuff like that that the, you know the 80s action films have that just separate them from so much is is yeah it's brilliant it's just such a it's such an up and down genre and style of film and it's just absolutely brilliant i think which i thought you guys would mention this but one thing with 80s action films for me is the it's the cheesy one-liners they're, they're which are pretty much i would say taken <laughs> from bond or at least heightened <laughs> from bond because bond kind of brought that in as a throwaway comment after a big set piece and that is kind of broadened its way across the action franchise uh, franchise genre and um, it seems to be synonymous more so with 80s but it, it's definitely yeah. prevalent in 90s and that seems to have dwindled what, down what era was was Roger Moore because he was very one liner so between 70s like mid mid 70s and going into 80s so, so uh, yeah, you could see he, his that yeah, influence. Yeah, definitely. definitely. He he. I would say, from a Bond point of view, uh, he's the guy who mastered the one-liner out of anyone, even over Connery. I would say, especially some of the lines. It's like they're so ridiculous, but somehow more can pull them off. And when you think, could Connery say that? I was like, I don't think he could. Um, there's one. There's one thing that '80s films had, '80s action films had that I think today's action films are lacking a lot of. And there's always seems to be a scene where, especially when you've got like a buddy cop movie or like a film where t- people uh, team up, there's always that one scene where they're like, uh, "You got any scars?" Like, "Yeah, I got this in there." It's like, "Oh yeah, like, <laughs> I got this in Saigon." Do you know what I mean like the, the like the where they got the scene where they're like comparing like the macho, the, yeah. Oh, wh- wh- you know, where'd you get that ex-wife? Oh, and it's like you know, it's, I think it's things like that. It's, 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 it's well, the, like the that. one that's, that always stands out for me is the start of Predator when they, you son of a bitch, and they shake hands <laughs> and their muscles just flex <laughs> and they're like zoomed in center say center stage of the screen. It's just like this is eighties. You son of a bitch. Love that, um, Dylan. <laughs> I mean. Predator. We'll talk about Predator, definitely. But man, what a film! Um, the 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 macho ness as well. Like just um, just a little bit of little bit of trivia here for you as well. So um, in the eighties, you had all these big muscular action heroes coming in, and that actually influenced American comics uh, in the nineties. So you see, sort of like the golden era of comics, um, and and they they look like kind of uh, circus athletes, you mm. know. Uh, and then suddenly they got these defined muscles with black shading everywhere and like 15 abs on everyone <laughs> and their necks are like stupidly wide and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you, you, you suddenly just see this resurgence of, oh, sorry, not resurgence, just, just emergence, sorry, of uh, overly muscular um, uh, heroes.
Are you a fan of anime, manga, comic book art and everything in between? Or perhaps know somebody who is? Then make sure to check out the work from Instagram artist NoopsDS on teespring.com where you can purchase some incredible artwork on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, phone cases and much more. Personally, I've bought the t-shirt with the Spider-Man print in black, which looks fantastic and is a perfect fit. Various different colours are available and shipping is worldwide. To find out more, head on over to teespring.com forward slash doors forward slash noopsds. That's N-O-O-P-S-D-S. And check out all the incredible work on Instagram at noopsds. Links are also available in the episode description. Right, so on the back of that then, sort of maybe going in with uh, our least favourite or ones that are <laughs> so bad they are bad. Um, Anu, <laughs> Anu, by the ones that stand out for you, I mean, you just said about um, Van Damme's being <laughs> miss. Is there any ones yeah. that, yeah, I, I wouldn't go back to that or watch that again? Um, yeah, I rewatched Kickboxer and, uh, oh boy, it did not age well at all um he it, it's uh i think i think kickboxer is is, is that the one where he dances on... he does like a weird like a weird there's like a scene where he does like a weird like there's like a dance off that he's involved with oh um or is that blood oh, sport? no 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 it could be it could be blood sport okay yeah. blood sport. they're both both of them are essentially the same movie um <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's just it, it, it is your cheesy kind of '80s action flick. Um, but uh, when you when you have seen good quality action movies and you're just hearing Van Damme do his, you know, he's doing all his weird noises and um, and there's all this slow motion going on. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I, I've, again, we'll, we'll go into Jackie as well. After watching a load of Jackie stuff and seeing this is just such a big, massive step down, uh, particularly when a movie's based on martial arts as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of protagonist goes into a martial arts tournament, is supposed to be the underdog, um, but he, uh, he, he ends up becoming the, the big winner um but uh yeah van damme is uh, i think i think as as later on in his career he had some better movies like universal soldier for example but yeah. um yeah i mean it's you, you guys have both seen kickboxer right so i haven't Ooh. seen kickboxer and i only I've saw seen... Bloodsport last yeah, year for the first time yeah and Bloodsport probably the better one out of the two well I, I it's very much of its time it's very much filmed yeah. in you know it's, I, it feels 80s watching it and it's just like you said the slow-mo is so shocking oh. <laughs> and like when he makes the noises and his face is just like taking five seconds to react to a punch it's <laughs> like it just doesn't hold up Today. I always, yeah. I always, I always love those films because I love that when they uh, again they did it in quite a few eighties films where it's mm-hmm. like they get all the best fighters from all around the world. <laughs> like yeah. you've got someone who you know you've got a U.S. Marine, you've got someone from the Yakuza, you've got like 
yeah. all these different yeah. you know, and that's I, I think I think it was uh, I think it was uh, Bloodsport that inspired Street Fighter. Could be, or it just it always reminds me of Tekken as well, where they just like <laughs> just a video different... game of people from all yeah. different backgrounds yeah. fighting a tournament. Yeah, I think Bloodsport. Bloodsport was inspired by um, some guy. He he lied about being a uh, a martial arts master. Um, but I, I don't don't quote me on this. Um, I should have I, I should have kind of researched this before bringing it up. But um, yeah, I think Bloodsport. I think if you if you go ahead and uh, and read up about that one, some some dude he uh, p- pretended he was a martial arts. Um, uh, a master and that he'd gone around the world and he had done this tournament and then they based this movie on him huh. and then it came out afterwards it was all fake he lied about the whole thing uh-huh. his he name to get some he managed to get his, some hollywood and his Jesus. name was sean claude van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but, it, but kickboxer is very similar to the setup of of uh, of blood sport um but i I know. I mean, Rocky does the slow motion stuff and the punching and and the and the groans. Yeah. It just seems to be a bit more engaging with Rocky, yeah. whereas Van Dam. I think it's just like with Van Dam, he's just done a roundhouse kick, and it's taken him like five, like I said, five seconds to yeah. land, and then his <laughs> yeah. mouth is catching up with the rest of his body <laughs> as he's spinning. <laughs> it just, it's just yeah, and his eyes are just like fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it is of its time. I imagine if you'd saw it as a kid in the eighties and like when you you know underage, I thought you probably the best thing. Oh yeah, seen, but I, I was trying to do the splits and and everything. You know, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was two chairs and not getting very far in PE. <laughs> yeah, did, did you see that thing that I think it was Volvo? He did a couple of years ago. He did the splits between two Arctic lorries. <laughs> yeah, I remember something yeah. like that. I. What the like? I, I, mean, I love the could mo- do that as well. Yeah, just absolutely brilliant, but not in slow motion though. That's any other thing. Yeah. All in real time. Uh, Max, bad film wise. Let's get him out of the way. What? What about you? So this is so like I said a minute ago. Like, but you know they're bad, but they're good in a way. But there mm. is some that are so bad that actually it's just bad. And one of the ones I watched, uh, I watched it years ago, but I rewatched it recently just to see, like, is it really as bad as I thought? Have you ever seen Cobra? No, but I know no. of it, and I know the line, the, the line in it. It's quite a cult one. It's Sylvester Stallone, and he he's like, he plays a cop that he's like the cop that they bring in when there's like, they want something done. A little bit underhanded, but they need to get something done. He's like the guy they bring in when there's, there's not, you know, every reasonable course of action has been like exhausted. They just bring him in to be like the, the loose cannon kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I rewatched it the other day and it's one of those ones where it's like, this is just bad. It's not like it's, <laughs> it's not like, oh, it's like cheesy, but it's bad. Like there's, it, so it, it, it starts with like a guy, um, holding hostages in a supermarket and they try and negotiate it it's funny because like this is the guy they call when it's like right we've, we've done everything we can we need to bring in the expert now and what all they do is do like the negotiate like 
please, you know, let all the hostages go and we'll, we'll, you know, we don't want anybody to hurt. It's like, no, I'm not coming out. Like, call Cobra. It's like, it's not even like, it's not even like an hour. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, well, let's just call Cobra. So they call him, you know, and, and, you know, he never takes his sunglasses off the entire time, even, you know, whatever. But he pulls up and one cop is like, you know, thanks for coming. We really appreciate you, you know, coming to the scene so quickly. And the other cop is like, yeah, thanks very much. I don't want you here. I just want to make it clear that I don't like you and I don't want you here, but like, you know, I have to go. It's, it's, it's in there, like this weird little feud throughout the, throughout the movie. But there's, again, you said about the one-liners. There's one liner when um, he like, he confronts the, the guy who's holding everybody hostage. And he's like, don't come any closer. Or I'll blow up this whole place. And he just goes, that's okay. I don't shop here. <laughs> like, <it's> like... <laughs> but they like, and you know, he, 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 you know, rescues the hostages and, you know, and then he goes to his apartment and I shit you not gets into his apartment, goes into his fridge. He pulls out uh, an egg box and a pizza box. And inside the egg box is all his gun cleaning equipment. Why he keeps it in an egg carton. No idea. Keeps it in an egg carton in the fridge though. He just got his, his gun cleaning stuff. <laughs> But he opens up the pizza box and there's just like this slice of pizza. And he pulls out a pair of scissors and he cuts the pizza slice in half, not like long ways, but in half. Why did you need a pair of scissors to cut your pizza? Like it just is one of those things where they probably thought, oh, he's a badass. He's like, he's a loose cannon. He does his weird, you know, he does his crazy things. But it's one of those things we're watching it back. You're like, the fuck is he doing like, why is he like why does he keep his gun stuff in an egg carton and why is he why is he cutting pizza up with a pair of scissors or like one slice as well it's not like it's a massive piece he's cutting into little bits so that it's easy it's like it's one slice but like, is that it's supposed just, to be like quirky thing i don't know it might be but he does he does all these weird quirky things throughout and stuff and then uh like the girl that he has to save is bridget nielsen who we all know is sylvester sloan's ex-wife i don't mm. see what the big deal about her was i don't think she was all that <laughs> She was really just a, a titan. And she's in Rocky Four as well, isn't she? She's she's in uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two as well. Oh I yeah. Like I just don't get it. I don't see what the, the whole thing about her was. Oh. But yeah, like that that for me was kind of out of everything I've watched. Uh, that's kind of the one that kind of stuck out for me of being like, now nah, this is just bad. Like it's 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 an action. It is an action film. It's got all the explosions. It's got you know. The, the villains in it are pretty cool. They're like a sort of a, uh, a biker cult gang. With, they're quite cool. But like other than that, it was just bad. It was like, yeah. nah, this is this is borderline shit. I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I I struggled to find bad ones because on some basic level, I enjoy them the because yeah yeah, there's the a charm, charm, the charm or there's cheesy yeah. lines or mm. there's something where it's like it's kind of like you know it's thirty. 40 years old and it's like you know it was of its time it's kind of past you know it, yeah it's just fun kind of looking back it's just like you know how far we've come from an action yeah. genre i think some of it is just a bit tongue-in-cheek but yeah. um yeah so there wasn't really many um there was there's a big sort of i mean there's a, as a lesser known name mentioned in action genre is uh, perhaps some of the Chuck Norris films, which I haven't uh, seen, yeah. like Missing in Action um, and uh, some of the other stuff that he's done. I can't say I've seen enough of his stuff to know, you know, if it's if it is. He, he wasn't really or... big in the UK though, was he? Chuck no, Norris. not really. I no. imagine he's much more 
probably with Walking Home Texas Brand. Ranger in the na- in the nineties, yeah. he would have been a bigger name. Uh, and obviously, he's in one of the Bruce Lee movies as well as a Big Boss or I can't remember which mm. one it is. Um, but yeah, uh, probably some of his films. But again, I haven't seen them to know if to say hand on heart if they are shit or they're not just um, a good time. Lethal Weapon, actually, I rewatched Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, the first one's pretty crap. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I have seen them all, and I remember watching them like, as, as a box set. I don't remember which ones were good and which ones were bad, yeah. to be honest. They kind of just blurred number into one, one. Number one's a bit of a mess. And but it, is number two the um, diplomatic immunity one? Yes. Yeah, I like it's that. Ju- it's just been revoked. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, the, um, but yeah, the first Lethal Weapons, it's, it's very over the... Like, it's all over the place, which is kind of... Uh, I don't know, a bit sus when it's like... I don't know how big actors Mel Gibson and Danny Glover were at that point, though. But like, this is—it's not a cheap film. It's quite a, a big budget Hollywood by that standard back in the day for it to be kind of all over the place. But like, even even throughout all the films, it, it like you, you pick on it now and again where Mel Gibson's accent will kick in his Australian accent. One minute it'll be like, <laughs> like it, it, you know, it'll be like the you know it'll, it'll do the American accent. The next will be like, oh come on, mate, let's you know, what, it's like. Ah, there he is. There, there's there's yeah, the Australian stop hiding. There he is. Blimey. Blimey, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Bonza. But like the um but like the first, uh, the first lethal weapon, uh again it's, it starts off well, but like it just goes on a bit of a bit of a weird tangent and that. But there's like the very last scene, one of the bad guys, like the bad guy's henchman played by Gary Busey, goes to um Danny, you know, Danny Glover's family's house to, you know, to, to, you know, attack his family. But they, uh, but, you know, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover get there in time. But like Mel Gibson and Gary Boosie start having a fight on the, on the lawn instead of arresting him. But yeah. all the, all, but all the police turn up, but they're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Let, let them, let them fight. It's fine. Let them fight. And they're like, you he's, He's he's gonna kill him though. He's going to kill him. Like this isn't this isn't like like you know this isn't martial law. And it like he's going to kill the suspect. Like it's like <laughs> you should you should get in there and break up. No no it's fine everybody. He's he, he's got this. He's got and they're just kicking the shit out of each other on the on this front lawn. But it's like he's going to kill him. Yeah. Like this isn't like what's, it's just what's the lethal weapon? I remember the one scene I that always stands out for me is there's a bomb on a toilet. And he can't that's get off the two. toilet. That's number two, yeah. See, number, number two. two is great. And then they have yeah. to, like, hide and jump in the yeah. bath, like, in a split second yep. to, like, stop the, the explosion off. Yeah, that, that's good fun, that but one. Yeah, but the first one was a bit, yeah, a bit hit and miss. Yeah, there's, um, yeah, like I said, not many, not many for me that, that are bad uh, that I've seen. I kind of have a hint of nostalgia, perhaps, like the first few films I started to watch. Uh, you know, buy it on DVDs and stuff to look back, so they kind of hold a place, I guess. Um, okay, so going on to the good, our favourite ones, then. Uh, Anu, what I'm hoping you start with, what I think you're going to start with, but what are, let's say, 80s action, and then what are the first mm. films that come to mind of, you know, your favourites? Yeah, well, um, I think there's some obvious ones there, like we mentioned before, like Predator. Um, the first Terminator. I, I think we're all in agreement that the second Terminator is better than the first one. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. 
It's um, Terminator Two nineties. It is not. It's not in one. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah. as uh, out of the two, then yeah, it is the better yeah. one. Um, but uh, I'm gonna say Police Story, Jackie Chan, <sighs> nineteen eighty five. Um, now I know Jack, you're a huge mark for this as well. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Max, have you have you seen Police Story? I've not. Do you know what? It's what it's one of the ones that uh, I I have. It's been on my radar for years. And Mate, even, just think, stop, stop, yeah. stop talking and watch it. <laughs> Honestly, we'll wait. Bye. We'll wait. Yeah, we'll pause the recording. <laughs> It is probably um, it, it, arguably Jackie's best movie, um, and this is I think the whole thing with with Jackie as well is that uh, that his cinematography is is underrated. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get into that as well. But the, basically, the premise of the story is that uh, Jackie's this kind of he's this young cocky. Um, cop from hong kong um and he's it's like he doesn't really um accept responsibility but he basically they they do this big um stakeout right at the start and he gets um he gets a bit of fame and it kind of goes to his head uh but because of kind of legal legalities and stuff like that he has to look after um a a witness um but then he kind of gets into trouble um, with with the criminals there that um, that are trying to kill her because she's a she's a prime prime witness and uh, yeah and there's all these kind of twists and turns and stuff and stuff like that but the the, the main thing that you get out of it is um, is the action is the martial arts is the stunts is the music as well oh that's another thing about eighties um, action movies yeah, love, is the they love the Casio keyboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. They love it. Um, but uh, yeah, with 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 that, it's 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 this big kind of spectacle, like right from the start, down to the little little tiny stunts that he does as well. He does a stunt with where he's answering about five different phone calls at once, and he's on a he's on a wheelie uh, on a wheelie chair, and he's just he's just wheeling around um, the, the the police office, picking up phones with his with his arms yeah. with his with his feet and he's getting tangled and then and he needs to write something down and then there's a pen on the edge of the table and he, he kind of kicks it with his foot and it flips around and he catches it and then oh the the guy is incredible um i i was obsessed with him as a kid yeah. growing up um and one of the best things about jackie and probably a reason why he doesn't get um as much notice with with your typical action movies is because of how well he plays as an underdog um he's portrayed as this kind of i suppose you could you could probably typecast him then in that sense but he he's he's shown as this kind of weak guy where everything's up against him um but the the amazing thing about him is then it's like how he gets out of these situations where he will use everything he will use stuff on the side. He will use he uses um, an umbrella to hook onto the back of a moving bus. Yes. To 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 try and uh, to try and pursue it, you know. So um, the the guy's amazing, uh, and um, what doesn't get as much recognition as well as is is his cinematography. Um, 
he choreographs the fight scenes in a lot of his movies and probably most of his movies he's he's uh, he's the choreographer uh, uh, there. yeah there we go <laughs> um so and um I know, Jack, you've seen a lot of his Shaolin movies. So, yeah. Uh, so or some of them, right? Yeah, so I can't say I, I'm a massive fan of his. I don't know if I've seen... He has done so many films. Um, and yeah. I think they're starting to get more, like, releases over here, especially on Blu-ray, because they're quite... Some of his films are quite hard to get. I mean, firstly, for me, Police Story, if we were to do a top five, this would be my number one. Like it's oh, wow. absolutely oh, wow. fucking amazing action wise comedy wise yeah. it's just incredible the scene it, um that they is start it on any of the streaming uh i uh, don't think so I, I, i'm not sure actually no, it might be on amazon it wasn't Prime. on netflix okay but yeah. uh you gotta find it or just buy it because it's just so good um the scene where there's like there's like a car chase that goes through like a shanty town and they're just crashing mm. through about a hundred houses just to chase each other. Uh, there's the scene, I won't spoil it too much then for, for Max if you're going to watch it, but the, they go to a shopping mall towards the end and I'm pretty sure they, um, there was like a trivia, I remember watching reading about it after the film I'd watched it, they the cast or the crew, sorry, called it Glass Story because the amount of glass that was smashed yeah. in the film was like ridiculous. Like they had to yeah. get so much in just for these various scenes, especially in the shopping mall scene, and then the final scene where he like goes down the um, the pole and like yeah, yeah, that's just cool. so and like he's doing the stunts and you can see that yeah. he's doing it. You can see it's not him and a stunt double. The way they filmed it, yeah. it's like there's no trick for. Uh, cinematic or camera shots it's him doing it and that i think is what makes it better than some of the other films it's either yeah. a cutaway in other films or it's you know they go around a corner and out comes the actor you know what or I mean? someone There's in a, a someone in a really bad wig behind the yeah. <laughs> behind, I mean, the, I, behind I, the wheel of the car like yeah or, i mean think, yeah. watching the bond films now i mean they're some where i'm up to is just before the 80s but they're either miniatures that you know, especially on Blu-ray now, they're such good quality. You can clearly see it's a miniature, or it is someone. You know, it's not Roger Moore, or it's yeah. not Sean Connery. But with, with yeah. Jackie Chan's films, it's like no, that's him. He's doing it, and yeah. they. I'm sure you you know as well that majority of his the credits of his films are just him. You know, either outtakes or him just like hurting himself <laughs> from the stunts and. Uh, yeah, you can just tell that he's just doing it all, and he's just a mad bastard, and I absolutely love him. Um, that's the, the the most fascinating. That's one of the most fascinating parts of a lot of his movies. Actually, is, you know, if you if you go through a um, a Jackie Chan marathon at some point, Max, um, it's totally worth it at the end as well. Just seeing those outtakes, seeing. Uh, um, I mean, I'm sure you would have seen it in in Rush Hour. If they they used it. Yeah. Uh, but just going back to to Max's point before as well about you know the use of cgi and how 80s movies use real props and that um that shantytown car scene yeah. is such a good example of that because it's real um you've got the cars like just going down this big massive hill and there's all these things blowing up and cars rolling down and um and, it, and it's all props and it's uh it, it just looks fantastic and then 
the you know the other side of uh, of it as well, which is Jackie being a martial artist in the movies, um, and this is what's lost now in in modern cinema, um, uh, where they they don't have they they haven't given training to the actor um, or the actor isn't a trained stuntsman mm. um, or anything like you know you know so you know for example you got the Matrix and and um, Ken Reeves did training for his part he did martial arts training um, but to use um, Phil's dining experience metaphor um, so you got a movie like P- Police Story. Um, which would be like very high class up <laughs> when it comes to fight scenes. And then you've got um, a movie like The Bourne Identity. Um, and if you look at the fight scenes in them, the, what, what is, it's essentially a camera trick where the director's shaking the camera and he's doing zoom ins and zoom yeah, outs. It, it obstructs your focus. So you think there's more than there actually is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas what Jackie would do was he would have a wide angle and he would show something else like two thirds in the in the angle to set up the next shot so there's a you know there'd be a fight scene and then on the side you'll see a big banister and then it kind of makes sense then for them to use the the banister for the next um you know little bit of action i think with um, Um, his films as well it's kind of what you're saying against like the opposite of something like the born identity which i think is a good example of where it is now and how it is, it is a, an illusion to a degree. Where Jackie Chan yeah. films are, all, it's all on display. That there's no hidden yeah. tricks. It's like, no, these are fighting. This is a set piece I've choreographed intentionally to make you think, holy shit, he's doing all this, you know, five yeah. minute fight scene with one take or you know that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I just think he's incredible. Well, I mean, go on. Yeah, well, the, um, the 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 actual interesting thing is that it would take more than one take to do something so um it would take months for him to get a a a fight scene done um Mm. but obviously there's not enough time and money for that now with with actors um with their schedules and and all the rest of it so it's it's something that he he you know he the the chinese uh producers and the film producers they they'd let him do that um and I mean, you could. Tom Cruise is a good modern example of he, the fact that he he has his own production company, so he allows himself that time to do his own stunts yeah. uh, and train for a role. Um, and he's got uh, the Scientologies behind us as well, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but with um, with with Jackie, because he he was trained in Chinese opera, so not actually martial arts as such. Um, and now he does have martial arts training, but he was he was influenced by black and white movies as well. Yeah. So Buster Keaton's Charlie Chaplin. Oh wow. So he and he, then Harold Lloyd as well. Harold Lloyd yes. as well. So in yeah. Project A, he's hanging off the clock, which is taken from Safety Last, which is pretty much yes. the same sort of thing. But sorry, yeah, he, he takes a lot from science cinema. Yeah. Um, and so if you but if you look at his uh, his Chinese opera influences, is very very prominent in his early movies. Um, so the Drunken Master, um, I think that's a seventies movie. Yes, yeah, late seventies uh, movie. Yeah, um, but you see the 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 way the fight scenes are done, it's very on beat. It's very mm-hmm. 
punch, kick, punch, block kind yeah. of thing. And then it, it evolved in his 80s stuff where police stories, very rapid, Project A, very rapid, very crazy. But there is a rhythm there. But because you're, the camera's still and you're able to see the full shot, you're so engrossed in it. And, and um, yeah, it just doesn't take you out of it uh, at all. Um, but uh, yeah, really, like the guy's epic, and I, I again, I could just go on about him for, for ages. But um, he is—he is amazing. I remember yeah. the ones I watched um, as a kid would have been. So I didn't watch Police Story as a kid, but it was—I um, don't think it is an '80s film, but it's Operation Condor, which I'm sure we spoke about before, where he's in the Zorb ball and he's going down a hill. Or like a mountainside, um, he's just—he's. I remember just thinking, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And then you know, you know, growing older and you know, Rush Hour and stuff was coming out, and it was yeah. getting a bit more American, well, not Americanized, but he was a bit more mainstream perhaps than his earlier sort of 80s, 90s stuff. But yeah, as he's, yeah. as he's yeah. um, gone through, I've sort of picked up a lot more of his stuff. I picked up Project Day uh, yeah. and Project Day Two as well. I um, I loved him in um, The Foreigner. With Pierce yeah. Brosnan, that was brilliant. Mm. That was absolutely yeah. brilliant. And considering that's what three, four years ago, and like he's still doing the stuff himself, and he must be what mid, what it must be late fifties, early sixties now. Yeah, I think he's he's yeah, still he be, yeah, yeah he's still churning out yeah so many films. He's done yeah, so many. He's, uh, some of, some of the stuff in that is absolutely brilliant. Man. But um, definitely, but yeah. I need but to Ma- check out yeah. Max, what about yourself then? Eighties action. What, what's ticking your so, boxes? So my hands down favourite, you know, and this was on the top five I did originally, but again, it was one of those things where, like, you know, you could go on about it forever. I absolutely love Die Hard. Absolutely love Die yeah. Hard. I think, I think it ticks so many boxes, and it's just one of those things where it's just, it's just so good. It's so good, and it's not. It doesn't necessarily fall, I would say, into the same sort of style, I suppose, as your kind of um, classic 80s action, I suppose, because you still you still have a hero. You still have, um, you know, the, you know, Tom the, yeah, you still got the mm. hero, in, you know, in, sorry, what I was going to say, you still got the hero, but this isn't him being sent on a mission or... Mm being given a task he's in a situation that he didn't want he didn't mean to be in and he's making the you know he's doing what he can to survive and i think when you've got films like predator um you know where you know you've got the macho arnold schwarzenegger you know he's he's been sent on a mission to save you know these these prisoners of war in this camp and stuff like that and find you know this this military coup and all this stuff you know they've got a mission. They've got to, they've got to go in there. They've got to take charge, and you know, absolutely love him still. But this is a man who is just going to Los Angeles to visit his wife. Is he's a strange wife? You know, he's a New York cop. He doesn't really want to be in California for Christmas, and he gets dragged into this hostage terrorist situation at a Christmas party in a high-rise, you know, office building. It's just, it's brilliant. It's one of those things where. It's not, all, you know, it's not always all guns blazing as well because at the start, you know, first of all, he's not wearing any shoes, so he can't just go in all guns blazing. He hasn't got, he's only got his handgun on him as well, and it's just, it's, it's brilliant because it is just him picking off people one by one, not with like a massive, 
huge chain machine gun like you know you see in some of the films it's it's literally trying to out outwit them and you know tr- you know using their stuff against them in some cases you know like blowing up the c4 that they have you know to get you know to kill themselves um was it uh wrap klaus in the chain and hanging him from the wall all the, all these different things you know it's just it's it's brilliant it's it's one of those first what i think it's one of those sort of when you get into that first sort of lot of films where it explores the whole like terrorists but they are clever terrorists in the sense they're not like um again they're not like i don't know just causing mayhem and causing chaos stuff like that they're clever they're hackers they are mm. they they they're gentlemen thieves they are you know they they're here to infiltrate this this nagatomi plaza and steal the you know the variable bonds that are inside and stuff like that and they've got their their team of you know you've got a hacker you've got the you know you've got the, the the weapons experts you've got the communications expert they're like yeah like a team all, yeah absolutely and it's that kind of you know it's that new level of villain where it's you know they're 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 not they're not brawn they're not all brawn they're brains and that's yeah. that's what you know that's what that's what sets them apart and it's i think i think why Die Hard works well is he's more relatable as an action hero. Yeah, he's your every man. He's just a he, policeman. He, he's not he's not this huge bulking thing like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sly mm. Sylvester. He is Exactly. He's still in better shape than most of us, but he's not like this husking, rippling, baney, you know, monster of a of a person. He's just a he's just your average New York cop. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah, I don't get me wrong, Die Hard, um well actually he wasn't in my top five and the What? Reason, no. The reason being is, you know, everyone's seen Die Hard. Everyone knows Die Hard. You know, everyone's seen it. They've probably just seen it from Christmas because it is a Christmas film. Um, so I, I picked, you know, other ones that everyone doesn't know about, I guess. But don't get me wrong. Die Hard is fantastic. Um, I still haven't seen Die Hard 3 for some random reason. What? Um, I know. I, it just It's just a blind spot. I've seen one and two two's okay i mean it's two, just the same two, film but at an is, airport yeah two is very much one um number three is brilliant number four is brilliant I, i'm not seeing number five four's great but, yeah yeah four number is great i haven't seen the five five either but i i love the fantasy of it as well just sort of i when when i saw it as a kid i just wanted to be in that situation where I'm, I'm trapped in the skyscraper and there's villains oh, good, yeah. in every that's single like, level. Yeah. That's well, did like... you did you play the game on the PlayStation One? Yes. That game was so good. Loved I remember, it. So all I remember is uh, I always played the level that was from Die Hard Three, which is the film I haven't seen, which is the taxi one where you're travelling around uh, New York trying yeah. to stop bombs. And I was like, well, I don't need to watch the film. I've played the game <laughs> off the film, so I don't need to play. I don't need to watch it. Um, but, yeah, but, Die Hard is great. But it's um, I don't know. It's again. It's 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 got you know. It's got its cheesy lines. It's got the the great soundtrack. Yeah. It's got great villains. It's got. Uh, well, you mean you've got Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman, a high caliber Hans Gruber as yeah. yeah Hans Gruber as as the villain. So you've got real acting oh caliber in there. Oh God! You're one of them. You're one of them. Oh God! But like it's um. No bullets. <laughs> <laughs> it's just again, it's the it, you know, it's the Fucking whole stupid hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just yeah, I just absolutely love it. That's like you know, that's that's one of my 
uh, I can watch it again and again and again. And again, it was, uh, what was it? A couple of Christmases ago, they brought it out in the cinema for a couple of days, and I was, mm. I jumped to the opportunity to sit in the cinema. Also, it was just Die Hard has a guy in it that isn't a villain, but is possibly the biggest dickhead in cinema. I can't remember who it is. It's his wife's colleague, and he's like, "Hey, John, oh, come um, down. It's fine. Just I can't remember what his name is. Could really yeah, bug me. that's gonna, that's gonna bug me as well now. But uh, oh god, what's his name? I know he. Hey, means- John boy, it's like shut the fuck up. Hans, Hans, Boobler, come on, like <laughs> Hans, baby, what are you doing? And they just get shot. I'm like, yes, and like he's just he's possibly the biggest dickhead in cinema. Yeah, um, so for for me, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it. We have mentioned Stallone, but <laughs> uh, a big action set piece uh, from the '80s, a uh, group of films, the Rambo films. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. Now, I love First Blood. Um, I almost don't want to call it an action film because it's more to do with, you know, kind of PTSD and the hauntings of war and coming back. And, you know, he's, you know, the whole point is that he's coming back to see his friends and most of them have died. And he's kind of this, you know, coming back from war and he's not treated well. He's not treated like a veteran. Uh, the local police are kind of harassing him, saying, you know, head back home. And it kind of evolves into him sort of standing up for himself and using the uh, skills that he's learned in uh, war uh, and using it against the local police department that are trying to sort him out, basically. It's, I'm looking through it as well. I haven't watched it again ahead of this, but it's a very low uh, kill count as well, which I guess you don't really associate with rambo now with the the later films as well but mm, it's a gotcha. much more serious film compared to the later ones so i think it does get lumbered in unfortunately with the rest of them but um obviously it, the the shift in tone completely changes for the rest of them where it's like he becomes and also stallone as an actor similar, similar to like he's in rocket you know the first two films he's almost your like like john mcclain you're every man in this, the way he looks and then in you know, Rambo 2 and, you know, Rocky 3 and 4, it's just this steroid, like, <laughs> maniac of a man that just looks un- unhuman. And in Rambo 2 and 3, you know, the kill counts just ramp up, you know, it goes back to Vietnam. And yeah, I guess it's a, an 80s action movie trilogy all, all within the same decade. But how they've changed so much from the original one, which I still hold just on its own, is a great film. Take it out of that uh, franchise; it's it holds up on its own, um, and Stallone's yeah. actually pretty good in it. But yeah, it get it get it just descends into a bit too crazy. And I think I read up afterwards that on Rambo three, he kills around over a hundred people, <laughs> and it's like yeah, yeah it's a bit, bit uh, on the high side. Uh, Death count. Doesn't hot bit... shots make fun of that? Yeah, yeah, part um... do. <laughs> <laughs> Noob, you must have seen it. You, I know you love American Dad as well. When Steve has the 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 Rambo flashbacks on the golf course, <laughs> yeah, it's just like for anybody for anybody like who does never watch it. There's an American there's an American Dad episode where they do like a Vietnam reenactment on a golf course with like paintballs and stuff like that, and like Steve basically turns into Rambo, and it's just love he that. gets you know he, he he's walking along on the green, and they're like, "Where are you going?" It's like, I'm good gonna to go to the cafe get a sandwich so there's like the, the golf attenders like why don't i turn you around we'll take you to uh to one of the members it's just it's just 
it's just such Love a perfect that. spoof of it and stuff like that. But it's brilliant. But I think I think that's a really fair point. The fact that like it is a very uh, it's it's quite a serious. It's got quite a serious tone behind it. And I think you I think you're right because they um, they call his like his colonel, don't they, to basically talk him down, don't they? Because he was like. This yeah. isn't, you know, I can't, I can't forget about where I've come from. I can't forget what the things I've seen and the things I've learned, um, which is quite weird in a way, considering like that was quite a serious tone of like him trying to get back into humanity and trying to be treated like a human again and try and forget about what he's seen. And the next few films are him being literally dragged back right, to Vietnam. Yeah, right. And, and mm. like embracing it quite ruthlessly as well in the sense of being like, yeah, I don't want to do this horrible thing anymore. However, I am going to kill a lot of people. Like... Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, I've I've got the films. I own. Uh, I haven't seen the latest one because they was it called oh, Last oh, Blood? Last Blood, mate. wasn't it? Oh, it was. It's only mate. It was like seventy something minutes. It literally is not even that long, and it's horrible. Like as in, it's a, it's not a great film, but it's like it all centers around him. Um, eventually setting up his like the, the the Mexican cartel is who he pisses off in this one and he basically sets up his house to be and the grounds of his house to be like a trap for them all so it's home was, alone meets rambo yeah but oh my god it's one of those it's, it's one of those things where literally almost nothing happens for the entire film and then in the last 10 minutes when like the cartel comes and they fall into these traps it is horrible like, like what like, like brutal oh god yeah like you know like when you you just think now nah, they're not gonna. Oh shit! They did. Oh, that's grim. Like, they're gonna cut now. They're gonna cut yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh no, they're gonna. No, they're gonna show that. Okay, brilliant. But it's yeah. It really, really lost its. Um, yeah. I think the other, obviously, the big other action hero is Arnie, which I know we've spoken about, um, and we said Predator. The other one that, that springs to mind for me is. Um, no, that's seventies. <laughs> oh, okay, well, yeah. now you've said it. Everyone should watch Hercules New York. It is the dumbest, <laughs> funniest film ever made, and it would be in my guilty pleasure list without a doubt. Um, but the other eighties one that from Arnie is Commando, which is oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it still has one of the best lines in it, which is, it's I don't know the actor's name. It's the guy from the Warriors. He's in this, and he's in Twin Peaks as well. And at the start, Arnie, or near the start, I can't remember, I haven't seen Commander for years. He Arnie says to him, I'm gonna kill you last. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And then they're like pretty much halfway through the film, he goes, You know when I said I'd kill you last? I lied. And then <laughs> just and then just drops him off a cliff edge, I yeah. think. And it's just like it's just hilarious. It's that's just, the one, that's so the one where he goes to uh, rescue his daughter, isn't it? That's it, yeah. He, yeah his name yeah. is John Matrix. Gets in the chopper. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's just got, and then the one where he kills the villain at the end, and I think he throws like a pipe through him, and he goes, "Time to let off some steam." <laughs> it's just like, yes, it's great. The other one we said, uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Mad Max Two, which yeah. I think you mentioned as well, um, is so good. Um, in fact, I need to get around to watching it again, especially with um, I watched Fury Road again re- relatively recently, and this is for me. Is this was Mad Max Two was the best Max Two Mad Max film for oh, yeah. me? Um, it always makes me laugh because the villain in this is called Lord Humongous, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is dumb, but but great. It's a dystopian future. Let's just go with it. Um, but that's a great action 
film. Kind of like, um, from what I remember, it sounds like at the end of the recent Rambo film as well, where there's like, they basically have a fort and they're preparing for an attack mm. um, and then dealing with it. But uh, there's a few John Carpenter ones as well. Escape from New York was the one I watched relatively yes. recently, yeah. which is obviously, uh, well, the reason I watched it is because of Metal Gear Solid, um, yeah. which I was a massive fan of. And then you realised how much um, Kojima to- took from Escape from New York and the character isn't, of Snake Plissken into Metal Gear Solid. Isn't the actor that plays the president, the actor that plays Blofeld... Yeah, in... Donald yeah, Pleasance. He, that's it. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's Donald Pleasance. He's he yeah he plays the president. He's he should be in it more, I think, because he is a great actor. And you've got yes. Lee, Lee Van Cleef, which is the famous um, uh, Western actor, probably most known for like Good, Bad, the Ugly, who's like the guy who pretty much um, guilt trips and blackmails uh, Kurt Russell's yeah. uh, Snake Plissken to go in. But it's still great. It's great fun. Um, it's almost slightly weird now that we're in lockdown and it's almost a film about lockdown <laughs> that's set in 1997, even though it was filmed in like 84, I think. It was quite weird to watch a film pretty much about a I, lockdown Manhattan. I, I love films like that, especially especially much older films when they where they set in like in the nineties or the thousands where it's like that's what they that's what they think the nineties is going to be like all yeah. the thousands of like that. It's just, it's, Back it's, to the future, yeah, they? it's stuff like yeah. that. It's just, you know, it's the stuff that like, it's brilliant to think what they thought like modern day was going to be like. Yeah. That. But it, so is, anyway, it is funny though. Yeah. Watching back and they've just got this high wall around, um, <laughs> around Manhattan and it's just like bordered up with, you know, all sorts of stuff. It's just, yeah. It's have you said about John Carpenter action films have you ever seen They Live yes so with Rowdy Roddy Piper I would say possibly the best 80s action line in uh, cinema history when he says um, (laughs) I came here I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of (laughs) bubblegum it's just fantastic I I just love I I love the bit when the realisation of if I wear these sunglasses I can see what the world is really like, and it's just yeah. the, it's just the, it's again, it's that, it's that, probably it's one of those things that at the time probably people thought, wow, that's, that's pretty cool, but it's like, it's a pair of sunglasses, like it's, I don't know, but it's, it, you know, some of, some of the, um, I don't know, some of the imagery and stuff like that's pretty like provoking and like quite, um, very weird and stuff like that. Obviously, it's very. Um, well, it's got a bit of a message behind it because it's hot because there's a whole thing about he puts the glasses on over. <laughs> Like advertisements and board, yeah. uh, it's all the subconscious, and, and it's all subconscious subliminal impulsive, messages, yeah. and you know what what the are elites. advertisements saying, and you know read the, between the lines and all this stuff. It's the, kind of a the, elite, the elite, the elite, the class is really being you know aliens, and they're driving down the human race into poverty and all that stuff. And it's you know it's you forget sometimes that some of these action films do have quite a deep message behind them, or do have. Yeah, a, I would say. Well, I say the better meaning. ones are. Yeah, the the lesser. The, the lesser ones are just there for action's sake, whereas something like like First Blood and 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 that film, they have if they have a meaning behind it, I think they do hold a bit better perhaps than than others. But there's there's one thing we haven't really covered on eighties movies that is essential to an eighties movie, and that is a good montage. <laughs> Even you Rocky can't, had a montage. <laughs> mate, that, um, 
like uh, was it Trainer Montage Vince DiCola in Rocky Four like that yeah. song I could listen to for you know it was it was snowing today where it was and I had this desire to just run run in the snow <laughs> pretend, I, pretend I was being followed by two Russian agents you know just it just it's you know it's um again I don't I don't feel like there's enough of those kind of devices so much in films these days if there is a montage it's not the same impact it's quite well I, I don't think as well action films now have uh theme tunes that are stuck in your head forever no, unless it's like a sequel to a franchise that's been around for some time mm. um, but you know it yeah I don't know it no... i just don't think there's anything i mean the I'll probably finish this call and then it'll be something that will come to mind. But at the, as it stands at the minute, there's nothing that stands out. And it was saying, I forgot to say earlier that the police story, Terminator. Theme tune, the police story theme oh, tune yeah. is so good because Jackie Chan sings it. <laughs> 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 and it's just so good. Max, please watch it. I'm really, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it, but you're right. The Jack, montage, learn the words. I did. I'm not going to sing it. Oh, yes. No, no I'm not. <laughs> but, but, but no, you're right. Like, I, I think, you know, there's there's little things like that that when it when it kicks in, you know, okay, here we go. You yeah. can hear the theme tune. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I would massively agree. Yeah. I think there's there's that kind of lack in these days where you don't have that reoccurring theme um, that kind of, you know, that you can recognise so much. Even, even things like, like I said, Lethal Weapon, Mm. I think the saxophone budget on that sa- on that soundtrack is like <laughs> it must be it must be in the billions because like every other scene is somebody doing a saxophone solo or something. There's 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 a bit in number two where I shit you not. You know what we said about soul and like how mm. it seems like sometimes jazz is a case of someone playing something different and you know whatever. There's genuinely a bit in Leave a Weapon Two when like it's quite a serious moment as well, and it sounds like the, whoever was on saxophone was like. I'm so bored. Like, just just starts absolutely ragging the saxophones over that. And it's like this is quite a serious moment. Like the the, the the song the song that's playing over this is quite a somber piece of music. But the the, 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 the camera st- just pans across to this solo guy playing saxophone. <laughs> just like, just like I'm extra. so bored. Like just going absolutely mental on the saxophone and that. But again, it's it's little things like that though. And you know, there's there's similarities as well between some of the soundtracks you have as well because of the same composers. But at least it's got that that feel and that kind of that theme that you've got. Even like uh, what do you call it? I rewatched Beverly Hills Cops. You got the Axel Axel Foley theme. You know, everybody yeah. knows that theme. Everybody mm-hmm. knows the Rocky theme. Everybody knows uh, you know some of the like some of those. Well, even Ra- you know, on. Rambo's got a theme. Um, Escape from New York's yeah. probably yeah. not got a memorable one, but like, like watching a, like it again, it was like yeah, it's got a soundtrack to it. Yeah. Like the noob said, t- the Terminator theme. Yeah, it's it's, mm. it's th- stuff like that, and I don't think there's anything like that these days. I think that's a very good point that there's nothing like that these days that makes it that bit more special because it's memorable and it sticks in your mind yeah. afterwards. Yeah, there's. Um, I've I've also found another thing that's kind of lacking, uh, unless it's a a superhero movie, is that kind of c- clear villain um, that '80s movies just had that very like this is your bad guy and then you'll have some like scary music in the background and he'd have like pointy eyebrows or a scar or something you know <laughs> it's like, like, he, he, like they walk on screen and you go yeah he's the villain like it's so <laughs> obvious yeah i know what you mean normally now it's like it's like revealed later yeah, on who the villain is whereas up front yeah. it's like he's your hero and he's your villain let uh, the oh, film play out 
I always loved how like eighties villains as well. They'd always be uh, like a like head of a head of a corporation or the head of a gang or you know something like that. The henchman would always have a quirk. Like the henchman wasn't just a, you know a gun for hire. The henchman always had a quirk. Like some films, the henchman something happened to him and now he doesn't feel pain. You know he doesn't like yeah. he, you know oh what about him? Oh yeah. He's uh, he's like ex special forces, and he's a you know he's he's works with the Israelis. So like they've always got like a quirk, like they've got like a, a background story with you know the, the henchman has to have a quirk or something to be like yeah. oh shit like his left leg is a chainsaw or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's he's like, like shuffling cards or something. That's it. Yeah, that's it. He's yeah. always got like a quirk. He's always like yeah. oh no, like the the, the hero is going to come up against the henchman, like the henchman. You know, he doesn't have a head. So where's he gonna where's he gonna kick him? Like it just, you know, it just... <laughs> it just gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that is definitely toned down over the decades, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's definitely more yeah. of an eighties thing. There was one film I wanted to see if any of you have seen this. Uh, it's called The Killer. Um, it's John. It's an early John Woo film with uh, Chow no. Young Fat, mate. I, again, if you can seek this out, this would have been my number two. Um, so I'll give you the the tagline because it is great. It's one vicious hitman, one fierce cop, 10,000 bullets. I mean, <laughs> again, that, if that's not 80s, then basically, yeah, this is a, it's an assassin and a cop team up to take on this these gangs. I think it's based in Hong Kong. Um, and it's just, it's kind of like, have you ever seen Hard Boiled as well, which is the same, I think it's John Wu and it's Chow Yun-Fat as well. It's kind of like what, it, this does, what martial arts does for, uh, kicks and punches this does with guns it's just like almost like what equilibrium's like that's probably more of a later <laughs> one but it's like it's all gunplay and how different ways they're killing people with guns and it's just like it's one of those films it's like i don't think they've reloaded for the last half an hour yeah. they just seem to have <laughs> loads someone's, of bullets someone's done a cheat code and now they've got unlimited bullets yeah it's one of those yeah, films yeah. it's just like it's just crazy almost like you know I think it might be hard boiled actually, which is is a '90s film, but um, I'm sure it's one of the films that like he dives on a gurney and he's sliding sliding with his gun, just shooting a whole room up, and it's like it's that sort of over the top action that it's probably got ridiculous death count in it, but just bullets every other second. There's bullets, 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 bullets. It's just it's just intense, and it's so so much fun. Again, I, I managed to pick up a, a DVD of it. I don't think there is a Blu-ray of it. I don't know how easy it is to find on streaming services, but from a, an easy watching sort of uh, action film, you, you know, you're not there for the story. You leave your brain at the door, sort of thing. It's, it's he brilliant. likes to, he he likes to be quite um, dramatic and cinema, cinematic because he did Face Off, right? He did. Yeah, he did. Yes. And I just remember, you know, when he had the two guns like facing each other, and then there's like doves, and Nicolas Cage's jacket is like flaring, flaring yeah. in the in the wind and stuff like that. So, so the doves is like a John Woo trait, really. In right. the Killer as well, and in Hard Boiled, I'm pretty sure, definitely in the Killer, they've got doves, and it seems to be before like a big action set piece. So it's it's thrown in there probably because it looks slightly cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. He, he seems to be one of his like trademarks. But the thing is as well, you've got to remember he did face off, but then he also did Mission Impossible 2, which <laughs> awful, awful fan awful. of. The, the sword fight, the, the using motorcycles as 
weapons, like just. Well, it's, yeah, there's that, and there's also the bit where he kicks the gun in the sand, and it just yeah. lands, rises up into his hand. Yeah, it's not great, but yeah, it's John Woo. Apart from that, his earlier films like Hard Boiled and The Killer, oh, so intense. It's kind of like those ones where he kind of like a 4DX film, what you just like. There's so much going on. You kind of need to have a you need to pause and have a break to yeah, get through the rest. It's so intense, but uh, yeah, there's some there are some great films in the 80s. The other, last one I was going to mention was RoboCop, which kind of blurs yes. between the lines of action that, and sci-fi. But that was um, I only saw that a few years ago, and I and like that was a proper. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Like it was one of those ones where I didn't find it cheesy or like bad in it. I actually I actually really enjoyed it. Like I, I think I watched it I think I think I might have borrowed it off from you actually. Possibly, yeah. And I just remember being like, this is actually really good. Like I know this is supposed to be a science fiction like but it's it is a really it is quite a decent story in that. And again yeah. it's it's quite again it's quite it's got quite a serious thing about it of like they've got a cop that's been shot, you know, and they're they're reanimating his body and, you know, wiping his memory and stuff like that. And it's you know, he's kind of becoming self-aware because he has flashbacks of his former life, stuff like that. But, like, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was, like, the, the villains were great. The the fact that, you know, there is a little bit in cahoots with some of the corporation behind the robot. There's all these little, you know, set pieces and stuff like that. I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's, it's really brutal as well, from what I yes. remember. It's, yeah. like, really grim. There's a bit where... Um... <laughs> they get that like bigger version of Robocop, like the latest yeah. edition. And it just turns on its like owner or someone yeah. in an office and just Sh- destroys him. Like shoots a the guy in the boardroom. Yeah, that's it. And then there's, <laughs> um, there's a bit where they're like, this guy falls in like toxic waste. Yes. I was just about to say that. And he mutates straight away. <laughs> yeah. He mutates yeah. and he gets hit by a van. It's like, yeah. it's so brutal. But the, the bit that always cracks me up is the dad from the 70s show is, yeah. is the villain. And he's, th- do you remember the line where he goes, can you fly Bobby? And he throws someone out the back of the van onto a car. It's just fucking great. The, um, my other, my other favorite, uh, 80s action film. I mentioned this in our, our episode jack was roadhouse with yes. patrick swayze like i just that's such a get that's a that is a guilty pleasure action film but i just love it i think it's absolutely brilliant so you know uh you know it's, it's got one-liners it's got the you know the the great uh action scenes stuff like that it's not it's not it has got explosions it has got you know uh, chases and stuff like that but nowhere it's not like a a big you know action film it's, it's mainly takes in place in a dive bar and stuff but it's just i tell you what there's one actually another thing that's uh kind of 80s action is that the hero sometimes has a friend or family member who has a disability as in like as in like so in roadhouse uh his friend he's got a friend who's a musician who's blind and he protects him and i always feel like there's like always like Oh, uh, such and such has got a cousin who's in a wheelchair who, who's got to protect. Like, there's always like this. Uh, have the you ever seen? Character he has to protect somehow. Yeah, there's always there's always someone that like you know adds to their persona of they're a good guy because they are looking after somebody who has you know uh, a handicap or something like that. I think that's always one of those kind of like another cheesy element to it of like how do we make this guy? How do we want? How do we make, make him vulnerable? Rip? Yeah, it's like. Do you know what he's got a soft side because he looks after his yeah. sister who's got this or so that is but um heart of gold sort of thing 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. You yeah, know, he, yeah. he'll rip somebody's throat out, but he'll also help his mate <laughs> to the car. You know, it's yeah. just you know, but um, but yeah, I just I, I think there's a lot of stuff that, and again, I think that's because of the time. I think it's it's probably not so acceptable these days. I suppose like some of the you know some of the themes and some of the things you know nowadays. But like, it was a definite sign of the time. Some of the things that are, are in '80s action films, and that's maybe why. Um, you know, you don't see it so much anymore. And, you know, we said about Die Hard. Yeah. Die Hard 5 was a 12A because they didn't want to make it too violent. It's like... The audiences. Yeah, it's audience. Yeah, exactly. And you're losing the essence. And it's like, it's, it's, it's Die Hard. You know, you That's have it. to have... It has to have action. It has to have violence. I don't forget as well with Die Hard 4 and they, they cut out the, the fucker of UPKA mother. And then they... Didn't they... There's like a fire... Mm. The, didn't they sh- yeah. fire a gun or something? It's like, come on, throw it in. That's his. That's his line. You've got to make him swear. Yeah, you've cut just, it you've, out. You've just had a scene where somebody fought, like plows a car into a helicopter and they're brutally murdered. And yeah, like, exactly. But you can't you, say. But that. You can't say the f word. Oh, mm, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. I'm gonna put you on the spot now and get ask you to pick one film, of the ones we've discussed, or between us. To say, you know, that is your 80s action film. So I think I know an oops one, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> what would be your your one pick that you'd go for? Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, uh, police story. Police story. Yeah, I thought I thought it'd be police story. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a different one, so I'll, I'll say one in a minute. But yeah, police story is, is my would be my number one as well. It's fucking great. Uh, Max, what would be your? I, I think you said it, your number one. Yeah, it it die hard. It, it it's just yeah. It, it's I I love it. I absolutely love it. I think so. For mine, mine would although mine would be police story. I would say the killer as well, because it is just as action goes. There is just so much of it. I mean, it's like this is an action film because you don't have time to sit down and pause. There's no story. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of it as well. I guess is story is kind of second to the action. Is from from what I take from eighties action films. Let's let's make a pledge right here, right now, that we're going to watch whatever film that we mentioned today, or that the other has mentioned that yeah. we haven't seen. So you have to watch yeah. *Lethal Weapon* three. I have to watch *Police Story*. Noop, is there anything here that hasn't been mentioned that you need to watch? Um, I haven't seen *The Killer*, so I'm really intrigued about watching that. There we I go. I think you'd love *The Killer*. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Do you mean um, *Die Hard* three, not *Lethal Weapon* three? Sorry, did I say yeah. Lethal Weapon 3? Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Die Hard 3. So I'll, I'll, die Hard 3. That's fair, because I need someone to say, just fucking Samuel watch L- Die Hard 3. Mate, Die Hard 3, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson alone in that film is fucking brilliant. Just, I, I can imagine, he, he yeah. very rarely does wrong, does he? And it's, and, it's, and it's set in New York, like, you can't, oh, you know, yeah. it is just, yeah, Isn't, it's brilliant. But... Is Jeremy Irons in it? Yeah, he's he's. I'm not going to ruin it. He's the villain. I know who he is. I know who. Oh, he is. okay, fair enough. See, but I know yeah. that's the thing. I feel like I've seen it because I know everything about it, but I just Simon, need to actually watch. Simon it. says. Yeah. See. Right. Well, thanks, guys. Um, I thought it was a pretty good chat uh, around '80s action. Um, if anything, I just want to go watch them again, um, especially Police Story. But um, but I will definitely get around to watching. Um, Die Hard 3 so next time you can actually ask me about if I enjoyed it or not yes. um, but thanks for your time uh, appreciate much, your, your comments and um, I'll speak to you soon thanks very See much you.